Spotty, West Vancouver podcast, westvancouver.com. We are back again, and today we are going glam today with a salute to the Canadian way. And the Canadian way, in this case, means television, cinema, film, digital arts. We have somebody very sparkly and very spectacular on the phone with us. It is CEO of the Academy of Canadian Cinema and Television. It is Beth Jansen. Welcome, Beth. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, it is a delight to have you because our association with the Academy goes back a long, long way. Needless to say, we are massive fans of television, cinema, film, and everybody loves the glamour and seeing all our favorite famous faces, actors. But for me, it goes deeper than that. And I'm guessing that is the case with you too. So Beth, lead us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with the Academy. Um, well, I, you know, I, I will start because I think it's relevant by telling you that I did do a year of university at UBC. Hey, and, hey. Um, yep. <laughs> She's in a T-bird. Mid- we'll keep her. <laughs> <laughs> in too. the mid-90s. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and I've had family, uh, you know, who live in Vancouver um, my whole life, so I feel like, um, you know, I'm a sort of an honorary West Coaster. Um, Wonderful. (laughs) But, um, you know, that is to say, I grew up in Montreal, and uh, most of my, um, well, my entire career after university was, I, I moved down to New York City right afterwards, so... Uh, my, you know, I had 20 years in New York, um, working in, starting out working in theater, and then uh, in television, and then uh, working um, to help launch the Tribeca Film Institute, which is the the nonprofit right. arm of the Tribeca Film Festival. Wow. So, yeah, and then you know, I had three kids down there, got married, and decided I would like my kids to sort of have a little bit of the Canadian uh, culture, uh, you know, growing up. So we actually uh, moved back in 2016. We moved back before the election, but um, needless to say, we were very, very relieved to be um, in Canada during that crazy era. Um, And um, yeah, so, you know, I came back, I... The, the opportunity at the Academy was really interesting for me because I felt like there was so much talent in Canada that was on par with, you know, the talent that uh, I was seeing in, in the U S and I just felt like there was an opportunity to have a real impact and help to develop that talent, help to give that talent the recognition that I thought it deserved um, and, you know, try and shift the narrative a little bit um, around Canadian content because, you know, I certainly was aware of that, um, you know, branding issue that Canadian content has. And, you know, the more that I actually educated myself and saw the work, I realized that, you know, it wasn't true. And, um, and I, so I wanted to try and shift that, that narrative a little bit. It's a big, big challenge. (laughs) But um, you know, yeah. You've come from uh, you've come from the great uh, the great white way to the Canadian way. Now, um, 
everybody loves to do these comparisons. You know, people, um, especially outside the industry, where we're often compared to Hollywood. And I, I know there's a, a bit of a battle always underway between Toronto and Vancouver for who is the true Hollywood North. But I think we split that title pretty pretty equally amongst everybody in Canada. Great work going on in Calgary. Great work going on just, you know, from coast to coast here. We really are lucky. And I'm, I'm so happy you mentioned the whole idea of the Canadian identity and, and what we do and how we do it, because this is the whole point, if you ask me, behind the Academy is to promote this, the diversity, the things that we do, not just as well, but darn it, better than the Americans and even the European way of doing things. They have, they have a much longer history with film and television than we do perhaps, but I agree with you wholeheartedly when you say that we get a Canadian label, but that that label is is outstanding. It's a good label to have these days. Do you find that we're climbing up in our recognition yep. of Canadian talent worldwide? Yeah, I think absolutely. And, you know, it's wonderful that we have, you know, other countries um, responding to our content. And, you know, it just proves that, you know, um, audiences uh, do love our content. Um, and that is a wonderful thing to to know and to have, you know, to sort of wave that flag. But, you know, I think that we struggle. I, I mean, I struggle a little bit with all the comparisons to the U.S. Yes. or, you know, to Europe um, because, you know, we do that and we don't look at our history, you know, and, you know, filmmaking sort of at scale came uh, with the National Film Board in Canada, you know, which was, That's right. uh, it was making newsreels, it was, you know, making sort of patriotic, uh, some might say slightly propaganda <laughs> uh, films during the war. Um, and we really did develop this um, cultural institution that kind of, you know, led the way for, for our work. And the commercial work, the more like blatantly commercial work, mm -hmm. um, you know, we didn't really have a system to support that. And I, and I think we still don't really. So you know, the commercial work that we do here, which is world class, is, you know, often not, um, you know, not written here, not developed here. Uh, it's, uh, you know, produced yeah, by yeah. companies outside of Canada. But um, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think that we should just recognize that. And yeah, yeah. I think we are actually starting to develop our scripted content, uh, you know, which you can see in television. And I do think that our um, films this year at the Canadian Screen Awards were some of the most audience-friendly uh, work that I've seen since since I've been here. Wow. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of change happening. And uh, it's it's an exciting time to, to be at the Academy. It, it is, and I, you know, I envy you so much. I'm a little jealous, I got to tell you, because it sounds like the dream job, but I'm sure it comes with a vast um, slate of responsibilities <laughs> that we can't even imagine. Because um, four thousand, there is, as our audience probably doesn't realize this, there's four thousand members of 
the Academy alone. And it used to be divided up awards-wise for the Gemini yeah. Awards, which were television, and the Jimmy yeah. Awards, which recognized film. And I've been to both, and I love them both. And again, you know, you have your big famous faces out front. But when I dug deeper, I found amazing composers. I found amazing directors. I found lots of women involved in the industry, which it just, it, you know... How wonderful is that? And this this mm -hmm. digging of layers that you don't see with all the other glam shows. You know, I get to, again, I'm privileged. I get to cover the Palm Springs Festival. And, you know, we all kind of take a look at the Oscars. We are evolving in terms of awards. And I feel that Canadian awards are becoming even more genuine and, and maybe even more so after 2013 when the Gemini Awards and the Genie Awards merged. Now, you arrived just after that. But... Tell us a little bit of the reasons behind that merge. What happened around 2013 that made this um, uh, maybe a better choice? Um, well, I think that, you know, as times were changing, uh, the, I mean, I honestly think it was driven a little bit for financial reasons. Um, sure. The Academy was overextended. This was, it really was like four years before my time. But from what I understand, the Academy was overextended. We did have um, regional offices um, in Vancouver, we had it in LA, we had it in Halifax, as well as Montreal and Toronto. And uh, it was just sort of bleeding money um, and not able to sustain itself. And I think that, you know, doing two award shows um, was also, you know, a, a you know, huge enterprise. And so yes. I think that, you know, they were thinking about how can we sort of streamline everything that we're doing and that's how the Canadian Screen Awards were born. Um, we still do have the Geminis in Quebec, Les Gémeaux, which are for French television. Um, right. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the idea that we shouldn't be classifying content based on cinema, film or television is, um, you know, we need to have a more sophisticated way, I think, of classifying content because, you know, you can, it doesn't, it's, you know, it's all over the place now, you know, so in terms of what is what, you know. Yeah, the screen has turned into streaming, so it doesn't really matter if you're on TV or film, and we saw that especially with the Academy Awards just recently. We all watched yeah. um, big screen movies on what is technically our small screens at home, but the digital world has definitely forced that hand. I, I agree with you entirely. It, it's a good idea to put it all together, isn't it? Mm-hmm, yeah. Perfect <laughs> <So. laughs> No, this, as I said, there's been a long history of, of great programs that we've watched here. Now, I myself, being in the media, the news programs are always kind of of interest to me and in seeing how they've developed. And we, you've handed out a slew of awards this year that also recognize the news work, reporting, journalism, and our you know local newscasts. We've had a, a couple Vancouver-based ones. Donna Friesen, I think, has been there. We had Mike Colleen's yep. team on CBC. I, I don't know how you would ever remember all this without a cheat sheet. Just to let everybody know, I'm using a cheat sheet. I have this all written <laughs> down for me. So I am looking at Thank it. You. I don't, I don't, yeah, no, of course. Um, one of the most animated series um, nominations this year was Corner Gas animated and, and Brent Butt, who we claim is our own in Vancouver, but we know that his um, television series, maybe not the animated version, but Corner Gas was shot in Saskatchewan. And I mean, talk about Canadian 
Canadian. Um, and we can't, we can't go through this without mentioning these two programs, of course. Shit's Creek. you got to be real careful when you say that one. Shit's Creek. Yep. They did that on purpose. I know. I know the levies. But uh, <laughs> Catherine O'Hare, Eugene Levy, and the latest rising star. He also appeared recently in Super Bowl commercials. America's trying to take him away from us. We're talking about Eugene's son, Dan Levy. Their comedy, their, their timeless um, rhythm and anticipation of what makes people laugh. They've been doing this a, a long, long time. And I think the last um, really breakthrough thing that I can think of that's been high profile this past year, Canada's drag race. I mean, we kind of mm -hmm. took a page. I like that we share stuff. We take ideas from country to country and make um, our version of it. Property Brothers, my goodness. Um, a lot of people think they are American. So we've got a lot of big name stuff that yeah. happened this year what jumped out for you in let's talk about the ultra glam level what jumped out for you talk about um talk, let's talk about Shit's creek because they their star just keeps rising yeah i mean i think it is really as i said i i don't know if you know if you're not in the industry if you're if you know this but you know the idea that if that a show would sweep the Emmys uh, historically. <laughs> uh, nobody has ever done that before. In its sixth season right. is un unheard of. And so, you know, I think we are proud that we have been awarding it for all six seasons. Uh, Catherine yeah. O'Hara has won Best Actress every single year um, that uh, of the show. And, right. you know, for me, it was, um, it was a validation uh, that our content can travel. And I think sometimes because of the way that our system is set up, we, we look, we really look inwards, you know, and I mean, you maybe True. don't know if you're, if you're, if your listeners are, you know, aware of all the stuff that's going around around re revising the broadcast act, but, you know, yes. originally content was uh, programs in the national interest. And it really was for Canadians to teach Canadians about Canada and to reflect them back to themselves. And I think that, you know, we need legislation that really uh, change, you know, that catches up to the reality that, you know, that voices travel across borders, that, you know, that is in and of, of itself to be able to have an impact on the world. I mean, you just think of the impact that Schitt's Creek had with just the positivity of it um and They're you so know I, I, yeah and i think the point that dan um makes is that you know you just the idea that someone was um you know like that you saw a gay couple just living their lives you know and mm -hmm. in a in a place that wasn't um prejudiced was was really transformative because it kind of shows you the way that things should be so um yeah, it's a, it was, it's a very special, um, special series. It is, it is now. And it's not that, I mean, Kim's convenience as well. We laugh at this when you think about um, 
cross-reaching and, and breaking border type things here, you know, the cultural differences and how we kind of have always celebrated it. And I, I agree with you. We've always been a little bit, I guess documentary isn't the best word for it, but there's always been, you know, let's learn something if we're going to make a movie. I do agree with that. It was always kind of the Canadian, let's teach somebody something while we're doing this, right? But there's yeah. been some amazing shows gone by. I've I've seen quite a few of them, um, quite by accident, you know, when you set out to see something. But Toxic Beauty, an amazing show. The the story of Gordon Lightfoot, I believe, was, um, you know, Gordon Lightfoot's If You Could Read My Mind. There's still an amazing storytelling entertainment quality to some of the more serious topics that we tackle here as an arts community. And I'm really proud of that. Really, really proud of that, too, and as I know you are as well. So tell us now, we've been stuck. We all said last year, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And I guess no conversation can escape the fact that we have to talk about the pandemic that we have all thankfully lived through to this point. And we hope things are getting better. Knock wood, knock wood. It's, it's slowly happening, finally. But we lived yeah. through this last year, and it threw, every, it threw a wrench in everything. Um, as I understand it, you guys had to kind of, literally switch into reverse as quick as possible because you were pending for your 2020 awards and now 2021 has come along and you know we're still recovering from the limits the pandemic has put on us so what that means basically is no in-person awards everything's been done virtually tell us how you tackled that whole situation it was a challenge um certainly <laughs> It was easier this year uh, because we did have time and we made the decision really earlier on that we were going to uh, be virtual and not attempt any in-person programming, uh, which, you know, was controversial back in, uh, you know, the, during the summer um, when things looked like they were settling down, but uh, right. I'm glad we did it in the end. Uh, last year was uh, total chaos because we basically had <laughs> planned for a broadcast show and these huge events and, and had to cancel that two weeks out. So yeah, um, it's Canadian yeah. screen week now, isn't yeah. it? It's a celebration yeah. of a full week of things. And when, when you host the host city puts on all kinds of great things and panels and stuff too. So it was a real, there's no other word for it. It was a real bummer when it got wiped out last year. So yeah. Virtual has been the way. Well, yeah, virtual has been the way. I would love to never do another virtual <laughs> award show ever in my life. Um, so, I mean, there's been positives about it, which is that, you know, people who were uh, hesitant about adopting technology, you know, had to in order to continue working. So that's been amazing in my mind. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we're definitely going to take some of what we learned by doing them virtually and integrate that into, you know, the shows moving forward. Yeah, no, it's not it's not a lot of fun i mean and, and gosh knows for people like me who love a good red carpet and all the photos so we're you know we're looking to the past this year um for those of you listening of course please click through we have lots more story items on this and look back at some of the winners and photos from the past and of course last year at this time we were covering this exact topic with you and two very very two very special names popped up if we could talk about this um now, again, we talked about the Levy family, Dan Levy. He's just taken off here. He himself was one of the recipients of your awards, but Lifetime Achievement Awards went to two very special men in 2020. And again, we mentioned them again this year because it's still, you know, the Lifetime Achievement Award we didn't get to fully, fully realize last year. Um, David Suzuki, again, somebody we love to claim is one of our own here in Vancouver. Um, He's one of those ones that I remember as a kid growing up. You know, the nature 
of things, one of those programs that we were probably talking about that teaches you something, but you just watched it because you just loved it. And he's been an activist and environmentalist. And to have him included in the, the screen awards is is pretty cool. Let's, and, you know, and then we throw another big name on top of the pile, which everybody knows, Alex Trebek, who sadly passed away, pancreatic cancer. Um, just before Christmas last year, November, if I correctly remember, but uh, another well-deserved lifetime achievement award. Talk about these um, special category awards for us, if you would, Beth. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, the lifetime achievement award for David Suzuki is, you know, I frankly, I was really surprised that we had that he hadn't already received one. Um, <laughs> you know, right. It's, uh, yeah, I can't think of another journalist who's had a bigger impact on, you know, Canadians. I think we all, in the age uh, before, you know, before the internet and streaming, we all grew up on, uh, you know, having yeah. uh, the nature of things as part of our daily, our weekly um, sort of appetite, um, you know, and certainly <laughs> it kind of personifies what we do well, you know, making, um, you know, making complicated or uh, highbrow sort of uh, intricate um, uh, topics <laughs> accessible right, right. and and humanizing them and I think that you know um, David has been a leader in in doing that uh, globally and um, he you know he's 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 a survivor that has been you know, that show, um, we, we show a little clip from the first, the very first episode. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, 40 years ago. And, you know, it's, uh, it's had a huge impact on Canadians and, you know, on, on spreading sort of the Canadian ethos uh, around the world. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a hit here, but it's also, you know, it's a hit in 20 other countries around the world. So, um <laughs> That's so cool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and you have to have, I mean, I think both with David Suzuki and Alex Trebek, there's a discipline that comes from from committing yourself to one show for your entire life. And, um, you know, actually, Alex Trebek received our Icon Award. Um, he, he really did. He became iconic um, yes. around the world for this role. And the role is very uh, much of a diplomatic facilitator, you know, someone trying to make things um, challenging people, you know, to yes. bring out the best in them. And I think that that was a wonderful uh, way for us to recognize the impact that he had um, around the world. And, you know, I, I got to say, he, he obviously lived in the U.S. and was based in the U.S., but, you know, he was a member of the Academy uh, for 30 years, and he would, you know, call us every year to renew his membership, send us a check in the mail, but he really <laughs> he never was, forgot us. He never, never forgot, forgot us, did he? <laughs> and was, yeah, and was committed to keeping the industry in Canada strong and going. Well, you know, another name that comes to mind, I get, I'm improvising a little here, was Christopher Plummer, um, was one of your recipients not too many, not far ago here. And uh, again, another iconic figure. We forget 
just how iconic and how big some of our stars can be. And again, you know, when you do these kind of shows and we talk back and forth, we tend to put the emphasis on the bigger names, the famous faces. It's just the way it works, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But what, again, I like about this, when you talk about dedicated and, and to your work and bringing out, bringing out the Canadian levels here, again, we keep hearkening back to the fact that there's so much more here at play. I'm very proud of the work. I mean, we're bringing out works by Indigenous writers and directors. We're bringing out works by by women. You know, smaller things that wouldn't, uh, to be blunt again, wouldn't have a chance in any other country, to be quite honest. You know, we, right. we do yep. treasure these little seeds that grow into these massive, massive project things. And who knows where it goes next, but is there a special program near and dear to your heart that the uh, public doesn't know about Canadian Screen Awards and the Academy, something we dedicate to along the lines that uh, people might not know about? I, you know, I think my team at the Academy has the privilege of probably watching the most Canadian content of anyone else in the country. <laughs> um, and I do think there are some incredible programs that are under the radar. I mean, uh, I'll say that there's a um, APTN, um, Aboriginal People's Television Network. Right. Um, they had a series um, where it was a reality series, basically. And um, they would take um, people, settlers. Uh, it was called First Contact. And they would... Uh, they, would, right. they sought out white Canadians who had very strong and negative opinions of Indigenous Canadians. And, you know, they brought them together in this team and then they, they took them on this tour of different Indigenous communities and made them confront those um, prejudices. And um, it was really powerful, you know, and that is a, yeah. it's, br it's brilliant and I... Um, I, that's one show that I wish I think it was on for two seasons I, I wish it had had more of a more of an impact across Canada um, mm -hmm. it's it's a completely unfair question do you think we'll be back to normal next year are we going to get back onto that red carpet is that the intention and also what that's do you see as being in the future for the Academy and the awards program that's our goal is to get back <laughs> to uh being in person for sure um and you know i think we're going to do everything we can we have some exciting ideas for how to kind of create a hybrid show which uh you know hopefully everything comes together we can make that happen um and uh you know i think we're going to try and play with the format quite a bit because as uh, you know you probably know the award show format is uh, dropping in ratings around yes. the world, and it also is here. But uh, you know, I think we have an advantage in that, in that our show is has a lot of substance. You know, it's it's about discovery um, and not just um, fancy people. Um, although that is a lot of fun as well. So, you know, I think um, what what we're interested in is we're interested in being leaders in the industry and in the country. And so, um, yeah, I think the future hopefully will hold us leading um, a lot more change for the better. There you go. Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. What does the future hold? Well, it is yet to be told, and it is being told by the storytellers and the writers, directors, musicians. It is a depth of people, Academy of Canadian Cinema, 
and television, 4,000 members, and welcome to more. Is that right, Beth? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Look it up, everybody. Um, if you love your film and if you love your television, if you love your storytelling, this is the place to be. The Canadian Screen Awards will be back, and please read on. We have more below for this. Now, Beth, will you come back and update us again here when we do this next year? Absolutely. I would love to. Wonderful. We will stay in touch with everything sparkly up here. And thank you so much, everybody, for joining. And Beth, again, thank you for joining us as well. To all our listeners out there, look us up online, West of Vancouver Magazine podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts. We're available on Spotify. For those of you that can't manage that, simply go to westofvancouver.com. And as we say, just press a play. Until next time, I hope you will all stay in touch and save me a smile.